Radio Fox. History books are made to be broken. Every generation seeking to surpass the previous. Leave their own mark. With every moment etched in time. Well, as a matter of fact, I think we have a special secret guest here at Radio Fox. Jeremy McGrath's room, please. Phenomenal, thank you. Honor yesterday. Invent tomorrow. Whoa. Whoa, Jeremy. That might be me. Jeremy, how's it going? Reintroducing Radio Fox. Broadcast by Verb Moto. Hello. It's 1993, Weege. Oh, 1993 call? But what if I got 94 on call waiting? How do I activate? You can't. We don't have call waiting yet. Oh, that doesn't invent it? No. Wow. Just hang up. We got Davey Coons. He's way better. We're no longer analog. We've gone digital. It's digital. It's digital, Radio Fox. And it's not 1993. 2023. Good Lord. It feels that way some ways. Yeah. We brought Radio Fox back. Verb is going to handle this. I'm Jason Wygan. He's Kevin Kelly. I feel like I've been here a long time working with you, but not long enough. No. Because we tend to Davey Coombs, who did this show 30 years ago now, and you were sitting in the stands just merely listening. And you were 10 years ahead of your time, at least, because the internet didn't even exist yet. Not in Tennessee, that's for sure. Well, well I don't know if it does now, either. <laughs> Even still, it's still it's tough. Still, we're still, still piping here the yet. sunshine in here, for sure. So this is it. We're in the Fox Tower. We're at Loretta's. And this is where things went down, but people couldn't see it back then. This is literally the origins of Radio Fox, which yep. uh, was, uh, in hindsight, a pretty good idea. But at the moment, people are like, what? Yes. You're going to do a, a, a talk show over three loudspeakers? And that uh, was it. That was the only we had, a, we had an audience of dozens. Okay. <laughs> I was one of them. It yes. was my first, trip, my first trip to the ranch, man. I sat all day long with my little brother. I was helping him. It was just me and him. And they were talking about whatever this Radio Fox stuff was. I'm like, what is this? So I said, dude, I know you're hot and tired. You raced all day, but we're going to be here until about 11 o'clock tonight. Yeah, <laughs> so I sat on the bleachers, and, dude, I listened to this stuff happen. And it was these guys calling, like, Jeremy McGrath at a hotel. It was so random. And I'm like, that's what these guys sound like, normal? Like, it, was the, <laughs> it was just bizarre to me. Where did who came up with the idea? Where did you guys come up with the idea to even try this? Well, it's kind of a kind of a long story, but I'll make it short. Um, Fox Racing decided to start sponsoring the event through Todd Hicks and, and the Fox Brothers and a guy named Kurt Pingle in '92. And Pete came to the event and he was like, uh, "Man, you know, we got to do something special next year, something something really cool." And uh, I was like, well, there's only so much you can do because it's a captive audience and we're at Loretta Lens and it's not exactly uh, you know, pre-cell phone, pre-internet, pre-all that. Uh, I think my brother had a bag phone, but that was about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. We did not have a racer TV, live motos, yeah. so no we, verb. So yeah. we, go, we go to no um, TV coverage. Donnie Schmidt uh, was racing in Europe and we decided to go to uh, I was covering races for Dirt Rider and Cycle News. So we went to the first two GPs that year, and Pete and Greg came along, and, and Todd and, and Kurt and, and Tommy Rios. And we're sitting in Amsterdam at a cafe. And you can read into that all you want, but all the good two, ideas of us, come from. <laughs> two of us did not go to the cafe to that. Okay. So Tommy and I are sitting there talking, and like, what could we do? What, you know, what's a good idea? And all of a sudden, Pete's like, we should do a talk show. And I was like, yeah, let's do a talk show. How are we going to do a talk show in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but that was the idea. And we, we called it Radio Fox. And, and um, uh, it was kind of based on sort of a clash, London calling. 
slash Radiohead vibe. Punk rock. Um, but but what, we, what we didn't realize is that our reach, again, would be uh, to the hard road, to the team green pits, <laughs> and to the first turn. And, uh, but but my, we, we went to my dad and, and said, hey, could we, could we play this talk show over the loudspeakers? And, and he's like, I don't care what you do, just as long as you don't run over top of the kids racing. I'm like, oh, no, it'll be at night. It'll be at night. And um, so Pete came, and in 1993, we launched Radio Fox. And uh, it, it, um, it turned into, like, we were kind of comparing each other's phone books. Like, he's like, I'll call a guy. And I'm like, well, I'll call a guy. And, and this was not, <laughs> these other guys didn't know you were going to call. Oh, no. This is no, not planned at all. It was, it, yes. was, it, was, it was as random as random gets. And, and Fox Racing was kind of ascendant at the time. Obviously, they had the Bradshaw and, and Ricky Johnson era, but yeah. then that kind of went away, and, and AXO was coming on. And then 93 was like a revitalization with Doug Henry, and eventually they would get Lampson, and they would get McGrath, and they yeah. would get, you know, and it just, it just, I don't know, like, like Pete's creativity, and, and, and also, you know, the, the idea that he would come to Loretta Lynn's from California, because, you know, that was, Fox Racing was as cool as cool got. Yeah. Still. But, yeah. but, but back then, it was like, you know, and, and, and he came and he was like, yeah, we, we just got to do our own talk show as if this was The Tonight Show. But it's about motocross. <laughs> and, and we also and I'm like, cameras I'm, and no one's going to yeah. see it. And I'm like, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It. it's a night show without a network, without yeah. a camera, yeah. without yeah. a guest, right. with, without anything. Other than that. Yeah, but there were young riders here that, that, that we could, you know, uh, talk to. And, and like I said, you know, I was working for Cycle News and Dirt Rider and Inside Motocross and Pete was Pete Fox. And it, it just kind of clicked. Okay, but the phone calls. That was really, okay, anyone can bench race in the announcer's tower, and I'm yeah. sure that happened during the motos. Who set that up? And Tra then Tracking them down real time. Like, what like, the heck, man? You guys so, called a hotel, right? So, yeah, the, the, no, no, no. The, the, old, the old time uh, folks remember this. There was a guy named Mr. Radio. He was in a wheelchair, and he came, and he would set up a closed-circuit radio station for us, 88.7 or 88.9, whatever it was. And so... We called Mr. Radio and said, hey, if we want to do this show, you know, could you set up a couple microphones and maybe even uh, a speakerphone? Yeah, which there was, there was speakerphones. Okay. But, but, but what we had to do is we had to take the microphone and set it yeah, next yeah. to a speakerphone, and, and, and that way we could, we could talk to people. And, and then, that was it. That was the technology. That was speakerphone it. Speakerphone it, it was the old announcer's tower. There wasn't even a Fox Tower at that point. Okay. But I, I, I do believe that a big reason why we're in the Fox Tower now is because that was such a cool, fun, core thing that Fox did. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of people really you know, loved it. And, and uh, when I say a lot of people, again, we're talking about three 12, dozen. 13. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a baker's dozen. You had the power of the pen, though, because you would write about this Albertine call, this McGrath call that we could talk about, and no one was ever going to hear it. No one was ever going to see it. But just the fact that you knew somewhere it existed and it didn't exist before, to me, it helped Loretta's because you're like, well, wait, why are they calling Greg Albertine and Jeremy McGrath? They're not amateurs. Because I didn't know that this race had this, this interconnection where everybody had come through, everybody knew Loretta's, everyone was connected to Loretta's. And you're only at year 11 way. at that point. It's just, yeah, and, yeah, it's and, just and, starting. It's and, only 10 years in. I'm not overblowing it to say that, that one of the most crucial things that happened in the evolution of Loretta Lynn's 
was that Fox Racing, a West Coast company that mm. did not sponsor races, but had people, you know, through the 80s like RJ and, and Damon Bradshaw, that they got behind this event. Mm. And, and, and it, we were like, uh, yeah, suddenly we're, we're on the map. It was the second most influential thing besides Kawasaki Team Green the first wow. year, saying yeah. we're going to put it in our riders' contracts that they need to come here. And that's because Team Green was based in Georgia at the time. It was Dave Jordan. Yeah. And, and it wasn't really the West Coast as much as it was the, the East Coast Kawasaki. And, um, but when Fox you know, decided to do that, uh, it, it, it helped the, I mean, I, it, it's hard to quantify now because you know, hindsight is 2020. But we were so over the top that Fox Racing was sponsoring this event for two thousand dollars <laughs> they were the title sponsor two thousand dollars oh my god wow i i think that yeah. i i i think that that it, it uh there's a little I, inflation I think, at work i think it was a bargain for both of us yeah uh, so but, i know i know pete will tell us like some stories about how it, this was a short-lived little thing it wasn't like it was nine years well, running what, right? what happened was um that 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 it evolved i you know i had a newspaper in 19 you know the early 90s uh, I was working for Cycle News and doing other stuff. All of a sudden, by and I think this show had something to do with it. All of a sudden, I was the ESPN pit reporter, and all of a sudden, Racer X was picking up steam, and, and, and the newspaper became a magazine. And then we decided to turn it over to Jason Wygant, and a few years later, and it became MX Sports Center. And then Verb Moto started getting involved, and all of a sudden, you know, we 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 had these things that we didn't know existed, like cameras. And the internet, internet, internet. yeah, <laughs> and and cell phones, and 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 we were ten years ahead of all of that, and 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 just flying by the seat of our fox pants, if you will. Nice. There it I, is. I feel like they had sent the show to us to die. You guys have been doing it, and then like the first year or two, I was here. We were Phil sitting Scott on the bleachers. You remember sitting on the bleachers too here in the night? We we're just listening. Yes, and listening. Like, hey, man, and then us up. We finally got to do it. And then yeah, then finally like you and Scott Taylor are like, you know what? Come on up. I think dude. you guys just wanted to hang out, and you're like, here, you guys do it. Probably yeah. expecting that's going to be one more night, yeah. and that'll be the end of it. And then we held it. We held the fort just long enough <laughs> for Verb and the internet yes. and the cameras to show up. DMXS radio. The DMXS radio. Yeah. The, 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 the math, the Pulp back. MX, yeah, uh, Gypsy Tales. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there was necessarily a direct line to all that. We just stumbled onto an interesting idea. And between Pete and myself, we were able to uh, get the riders to, to have fun. But that was your point. You had never heard no. riders speaking like no, that. No, it was Larry Myers. Hey, tell me about that moto, <laughs> and that's 30 that's, seconds. Get him out of here. Like This yeah. was somebody telling me about surfing that day and riding a dirt bike in the yeah. hills or whatever. I've never heard that, yeah. which I thought was awesome. Well, it, and, and, and it's the context of the, the, the setting that we were in. Those guys weren't here racing. Nope. They were not on the podium. They didn't have to do their chug points, which didn't exist back then because yeah. there was no energy no. drinks. Yes, yes. You know, they, 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 they may have... Thank their Dunlops for hooking up, and they may have, you know, maybe talked about the their, their, their Prips Plus, how maybe. great those Bevo goggles were, uh, but that was about it. So when we called them on a weeknight from Loretta Lens, and they'd all come through Loretta Lens, with, with the exception, of course, of Albertine, uh, they knew who they were talking to. Right. Uh, they didn't know how many they were talking to, but <laughs> they they definitely overdelivered. And then one other thing. Um, there was a bunch of ascendant kids in the Fox holster Family. or yeah. arsenal at that time. Travis Pastrana, 
Ricky Carmichael, James Stewart, Robbie Raynard, and, and they were more than willing. If Pete Fox said, hey, you know, can you come and do an interview? And, you know, they were, they were, they were, I honestly starstruck by Pete Fox. You know, I, I, it wow. was, it was, it was really cool that, that, that they, um, I think Pete was the kind of person who would ask an athlete, like we, you know, do you like this gear? What are you thinking? You know, that's how he came up with the barbed wire stuff. That's how he came up with the RJ stuff. That's, you know, he was, he was very much not just a designer, not just a businessman, but he was a friend to those guys. And, and that disarmed them. And, and it was just, you know, and then, you know, sprinkle on a little bit of beer. <laughs> for the adults, for the adults. Not yeah, the I did, Ricky not, did not have any beer. Not yeah, yeah, not yeah. Travis. Yeah, but that was it. No one had ever heard a rider interviewed in that not at the race, not on the podium setting. They had read it maybe in magazines, but no one had heard it before. When you get a chance to, to talk to Pete, ask him about the infamous, legendary, iconic interview with Travis Pastrana, James Stewart, and Ricky Carmichael. Yes. It didn't play, take place here. Oh, it did not? No, it's oh. mini O's. Oh, okay. It was terra firma. Oh. Okay. And, and and I think that, that the genesis of that got in his head here. Because he's thinking, yeah, these kids are all cool, but what if they were together? <laughs> About the best scouting that has ever been done. Oh, yeah. It was those three. Imagine that draft class. Yeah. That's and like there the were other riders Yankees, around at that man. time. We yeah, got DiMaggio, Ruth, three. and Gehrig. Uh, so talk about, yeah, so it, it is funny, you mentioned hindsight, because now everybody knows Loretta's is the biggest, it's hard to remember, you were around then, that it wasn't an automatic. Now it just looks like, well, it's a national championship that has qualifiers, and it's fair, and they only get to race once a year. These things weren't automatic No, Paco was like the deal for many, many years before Loretta's. Yeah, there were all these it, steps on the ladder yeah, to get there. Yeah, and, 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 and there, there's, 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 the way Loretta Lens came about was a direct effect of what happened literally in our family's experience at Ponca City in yeah. 1981. Um, you know, I, we went there, it was not great, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> to yeah. say yeah. the least. Mm -hmm. and, and my dad had 12 hours of driving <laughs> to, in put it all together. to get here. And he had, yeah. a, he had a yellow notebook on, in the Dodge van on the motor used to be right there. Yeah, yeah. He's writing all these things down, and my mom's, you know, they're coming up with these ideas. But, but it was not as serendipitous as, like, Eureka, Loretta Lynn's exit 143. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his friend Paul Schlegel, a fellow promoter from Ohio, more known for road racing and flat track, um, had said, hey, uh, Coombs, we should do an event, an, an amateur national like Ponca City. Uh, but we got to find the right place. It's got to make it a week-long event. It's got to be good for families. It's got to be the world's greatest motocross vacation. And so Paul had been here for what's, what was called a Vetter rally. And a Vetter rally was a group of Harley Davidson people with full dress bikes would show up and ride and go to different places. It was like a poker, poker run kind of thing. It's crazy to think that you're going to connect this, that yeah. with this. Yes. But, but what happened was um, he said the, 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 the rally didn't do very well but the ranch is amazing. So dad stopped here, it, it was three in the morning, four in the morning. Uh, we woke up, we we're all in the van, my brother and sister and I, and some <laughs> girl named Amy or something that was my sister's uh, friend, uh, and my mom and dad, friend. the okay. six of us are in this van. And, where, uh, where were you parked at? Uh, up on, uh, right by um, the, the country store. Oh, right on. Where the ice cream cone is Oh, there is you now. go, Yeah. everybody knows uh, that. But 
we woke up and dad was gone. He was out jogging around. And he came back and, and uh, then he got a towel, went down to the shower room, took a shower, and then said, we're going to the front office. So he drives down to the front office. We're all sitting in this yellow van waiting for him. It's running. And he walks out half hour later with Mooney Lynn. And they get in Mooney's Jeep and they drive over the hill. You know, this is Loretta's husband? Loretta's husband. He just shows up. Unannounced. Well, they live right there. I mean, they're still, well, like, still yeah. working. He's working. But, but the, 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 it, was yeah. run, it was run by a, a couple brothers. The Sanders brothers were the managers of the ranch. But Mooney was hands-on. And, and, and this, is, this is not Sunday morning. This is Monday morning. So he had gone to the office. My dad had the gift of gab. He had you know, music in his past. He, he played with uh, a guy that was with Willie Nelson who said, the guy you need to talk to is Mooney. Um, that took place on a payphone, by the way. Do you remember a payphone? Yeah, 1-800-COLLECT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah rotary. It is. And, and uh, anyway, Dad and Mooney drove around, and Dad was like, the difference between this and a motorcycle rally is people at a motorcycle rally don't bring campers. People at a motocross race bring their families and their camper and their tent. And, you know, it was not like it is now with these armadas of giant flagship RVs and big buses and whatnot. But it was something that a campground would want. And Mooney was like, okay, we'll give it a go. And then uh, our next stop was um, Westerville, Ohio, where the AMA was. And Dad uh, went to the president at the time, who I think was Ed Youngblood, and said, uh, hey, um, I got an idea, but I need five years. I, I, I need to take this nomadic youth and amateur nationals that were all over the map and all over the country. And he's like, just let me give it a central home, a standalone, even playing field at a, at a non-motocross track and turn it into something. And, and Mr. Youngblood said, yeah, okay. And now, 42 years later, I like to always note the first time after each race that someone comes to me and says, I heard this is the last Loretta Lens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, and Weech, you know, I've told you, twice in the last five years, it's been John Tomac. And, and John's like, hey, I heard this is the La oh, really? last <laughs> Loretta Lens. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Is um, this the last? We're good? We're good? Are we done? You just won the prize. All this right. Could be we didn't even have a moto yet. We didn't have a moto <laughs> we, yet. We're, yes. we're, on, we're, we're on the brink of starting the race. This is a new record. It's weird to me because, okay, I'm from New Jersey. We don't have country music in New Jersey. There's like a force field that doesn't allow it to get in. So I never knew that Loretta Lynn was even famous or popular. I only knew her as there's a race that everyone does. Yeah. There's a GNCC that, and there's an ATV race. Yeah. I only knew her from that. And I know the family has kind of come back around. We lost Loretta more recently. But they've even said, like, there's so many young kids that get to know the name Loretta Lynn through motocross now. It's kind of flipped. It, it, it's, it's strange how it's become synonymous with yes. amateur motocross in America. And, and it, it's, you know, that was, I can't say that that was my dad's plan, that, yeah. that he had any idea it would be as successful as it became. Yeah. But he was here until 1998, and um, it was just growing and growing and growing. And, and now here we are... Um, in some ways back where we started. Yeah, yeah. The track has changed, but it's still right there. No one can rent it, no one can practice on it. There's, you know, other than the COVID year when we had a couple pro nationals here yeah. out, of, out of absolute uh, necessity, um, we, we leave it be. And, and so it goes back to, that's why, you know, 
it was born out of frustration with other amateur nationals, but I think now it exists to help other amateur events. Uh, whether it's Ponca City with what, what Harold and them are doing, uh, whether it's the World Mini GP, what, what Verb Moto is doing, whether it's Clayton Miller in Texas, whether it's uh, the Minios, which you know still was just massive. Yep. Um, we're all in this together. We all need to work together. And, and there's never gonna be two Loretta Lens. There's never gonna be three Loretta Lens. Yeah. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna let this be what it is and, and work with everyone as we have from day one, because that is what my dad envisioned. I just don't think he would have thought it'd last this long. Or got this big. Or got this, this big. big. Yeah. Um, one other thing, and you got to experience this as a track owner, the other unique thing about Loretta's is all the good motocross tracks around the country are part of the program. You're qualifying. Yeah. And then the, I always say it's an all-star team. Oh, yeah. On the track, they all come here to help. Was that the original vision? Like, hey, we're going to help all the motocross tracks around the country. They're part of it as qualifiers. It's a wild I, concept. Yeah, I, I do think that was part of the, the but, but motocross was in a different place in 1981 yeah. in 82. And, and, and for instance, um, Loretta Lens was established in 1982. So was Kawasaki Team Green. Yeah. And those two things happening were just like this sort of double whammy. No one could have guessed that, that Team Green would become the institution that it is now, that it, right. would, it would turn out all of those champions, you know, from beginning with Eddie Warren, who I think was the, the first Team Green guy to be really successful, uh, and then evolving into, you know, Wyndham. Rainer, Schmidt, Matasevich, Ricky, RV, yep. James. Yep. I mean, yeah. it, it never ends. on the team right now. Yeah, yep. it, it never yep. ends. Yep. Um, it, 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 that began sort of on parallel tracks. They were completely separate other than the fact that Dave Jordan, bless his heart and, and rest his soul, uh, had the you know, herewithal to believe that this would be worth sponsoring. But the sponsorship was simply, I'll just tell my guys they got to go. And, yeah. and, and two of the guys were myself and my brother. Okay, okay. And, and here's the funny thing. In 1982, we were Team Green Riders. We both quit at Ponca City. And then we came here. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, you didn't get to race this one. We were done after that and became Yamaha Riders. But Dave, Dave, Stewart, Dave Jordan, stayed with it and and and, and that was that's just a minor funny blip he was able to separate you and your brother racing for the team yeah 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 he's like he's like dave your kids suck goodbye <laughs> but instead he's like dave your kids suck goodbye to your kids your race is awesome but the yes. race the race is amazing there you go <laughs> so and and, and 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 i went to college thank god i like how the first sponsorship was just we'll send our riders that's the fee Ten years later, they got two grand. Well, so I've, things I've, are on the roll. I've got a better one. Oh, the High go. Point story. And, and, and I know uh, this yeah. is not Loretta Lynn's, but <laughs> there was a gear company called High Point. In fact, Jeremy McGrath, when he won his first Supercross in 1990, Las Vegas, wearing High Point MSR gear. Oh, yeah. High Point was a company that John Penton started in um, Lorain, Ohio. And uh, he, you know, obviously was KTM, you know, was the main guy, but... He tried different things, red dot tires, oils, trailers, gear. So my dad started High Point Raceway at Mount Morris, Pennsylvania. He went to Mr. Penton and he said, hey, I've got a deal for you. Um, we'll name the track High Point Raceway. 
and, uh, and, and uh, it's only going to cost this much money just to help us get it started. And uh, John Fenton was like, mm, I don't know. And um, so dad came home with no money because it was a short drive. Uh, and he had to take the sign he'd already had painted that said H-I dash point. Saw it in half and then add a G and an H. <laughs> so high point became high point. High point. And, and the really shitty part about it all, and, and he wanted $500. <laughs> couldn't scrape it up. Couldn't, couldn't commit. $500. Wow. And uh, so now um, we have High Point Raceway. Heavy on the GH. Yeah, yeah. Heavy on the nice investment. So it, the sport was so different back then. It was, it was so much fun. And I guarantee you that Ricky Johnson's first Fox contract was like, I don't want to say low five figures, but probably high four figures. Yeah. You know, it was, it was so much different than it is now. Right. And, and, and you know, some, of the, some of the things that you see now, but it had to start somewhere. And Loretta Lenz and Kawasaki Team Green were part of that in, in a much lesser extent. So was Radio Fox. There we go. Hey, we went all the way around. Put a bow on it. All the way around. That was well done. That's good stuff. All right, that's some origins of the show, which ties into the origins of the race. Yeah which I think people have heard these stories in general before, but no better refresher. Not the lineage, like the linear, no, how that all works wild. together. Yep, and now we just take it for granted. All right, same thing with uh, playing highlights. We'll be right back. Did, I, I didn't get the halfway signal. So good. What is the Vert Moto Shred Tour? Only the greatest time of your effing life. Imagine a 24-7 summer camp with dirt bikes. That's what it's all about. Who else can claim they've jumped off the world's largest rocking chair? No one. It's a Guinness World Record. Who else combines live wrestling and dirt bikes? No one. Activities for all ages, including Stasic and Granger E2 demos, amp bikes, e-motor racing, fist gloves, free hot dogs, bands, and yeah, actual real racing. Oh, and a free $20 to motorsport.com. Everyone who comes through the gate. Yes, everyone. Join us for the Vert Moto Shredheads at Fox Raceway, October 28th and 29th in Pala, California. Visit verbmoto.com for more details. We're back. We got the so. rotary phone. We got a great history lesson from David Coombs. So uh, you got inspired by this. Yes. You started uh, the DMXS radio in 2001. Yes, made millions, and then I retired uh, from that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just traveled the globe announcing dirt bike races. The lowball money that Davey was just talking about. Oh. You kind of, you really mimicked that part yes, as I, well with I DMXS. Minimal amounts of sponsorship yeah. ever. Free t-shirts usually what I'll do it for. And then it just keeps rolling. So we got Gypsy Jace here. Jace from Gypsy Tales. Good, Good to boys. see you. Good night, Mike. You're, 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 you're probably saying, what kind of two-way special effects 
green screen. He's here in America. Did they this is green like managed to, We've managed to like make it work again. He's a day ahead of us right now. So this yeah. is real. Questions. We sent Do a wide questions. shot. Give hey, me a wide no shot right now. For the he's most. really here. No touch, spoilers for the most. Sorry, boys. I won't, I won't spoil anything. Already, we've already run. We've already seen him. He's already seen him because he's in Australia. You guys are killing him. He's a day ahead. Day ahead. You're in America. You're really in America. You're really here in the flesh. And I'm in Loretta's. I'm not in America. This I'm is America as it gets. Bro, I figured you, I remember you in your previous American exploits. You had never come to this race? No, so there you have like the OG of Loretta's. Yeah, and then you literally Danny. have like, yeah. Baby I'm G. like an adopted puppy that you've just got <laughs> home and I'm pissing everywhere. I know none yeah. of the rules. Yeah, yeah. I'm very happy to be here. How many people, and you were at Washougal, and then yeah. you were here, have said, wait, you're real? And people want to touch you? Yeah, like a hologram? It's actually, be, it's bizarre to just like go away for so long and yeah. then you, you come back. But it's honestly been so cool to meet so many people, see all of you guys. Like there's a lot of my friends in this room now. And you and go way uh, back with the Ver Boys to begin with, yeah, day I, one. I hadn't seen Wes's kids. Like I literally flew from Washougal to go to Idaho so that I could get thrown up on and like kicked in the shins <laughs> by kids and it was awesome. And then straight to Loretta's. Oh, that's proper then. Okay, so you didn't go to Loretta's no, when you I've lived never here. Been, yeah. Right. So you but what is that? Okay, so I want to know. When you don't see it in person, what is the vibe that you had thinking about it? So I all right, we'll backtrack to like the history of me with Loretta's. So yeah. I come from about as far away from Loretta's as you can get. Yes. So it's like North Queensland, like we didn't we had like magazines and DVDs at Christmas. That was it. Yeah. So, like, I remember watching Loretta's on, like, mini warrior tapes yeah. back when I was, like, a teenager and just thinking that this was the craziest place ever. So, I mean, it is really cool to be here, like, this many years later and kind of doing work in the industry and to actually be here, like, me and Wes, we walked around and did a lap yesterday. I'm just like, this is sick. Like, this <laughs> is so, this is everything that it should be. And, I mean... The coolest part as well is like today there were bikes on track and the dudes were ripping and it gets gnarly and it gets rough and it's like I expected that. But like the history that everyone has with each other, the friendships that have been built here, like the the vibe of the people and whether you're a kid that's trying to win Loretta's or whether you're just the dude that's like so stoked that he finally gets to put a bib on and maybe he's been trying for like three or four years like yeah. it, there's so much so that, in that this translates place. all the way back to you like just making it is important to a guy yeah. like you even feel that yeah a hundred percent and to to be here in in person and i mean and honestly didn't even expect to be here either so like yeah west forced you yeah well, well not really he just said well i'm going loretta's on saturday i'm like well i mean i could go to loretta's on but saturday. It, this is last minute very last minute but now that i'm here like i i wouldn't I guess I didn't know how important it was to come here. So tell me about topping that hill, because that's everybody when they when you first top the hill. It's, it oh man, to just you. just to see like this is a city. So yesterday I actually got dropped off at Loretta's house and I did a run back to here. So nice. I went all the way back where lot five, lot six, way back there, uh, and to just to run past that, like everybody here, and you're just seeing all of the different level. And I mean, there was people that were at the sign. Like the the, the house, pictures. and they get, and I, you don't factor in any of that. Like you, yeah. you know how important this race is, and you know what it means to these people, but there's so much more like under the hood that I don't think you could, you couldn't feel it unless the unless you were here in person. So it's 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 been so cool. And uh, what I always like about it is, we always say it's the hardest week of the year. 
and it's the most fun week of the year. And that's whether you're doing our job, or you're the dad, or you're the kid, or the mechanic, or anybody running the event. But the fact that you're here for so many days, you, even the experience you got at Washougal, it's so in and out. Yeah. You get yeah. to be cordial for a few minutes. Yeah. You have a few casual combos, but you don't really hang out. Yeah. It's yeah. everybody's working. Yeah. Here you have enough time where it feels like you're actually getting to be moto buddies for a couple of days. And you're like, you're just in it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure that, well, it's Tim Ferry actually said this today. He goes, when you leave Loretta's, you drive down the freeway and then you like, it hits you that like, this isn't real life. Like yeah. this yeah. is, you know, yeah. You, yeah. you spend a week, it's like a crucible, you know, you're in this like and little don't, basin don't surrounded by the, trees. The fact that you don't get cell service, like I saw, I was over there with you guys, y'all went to shower, everybody left their phones. I'm like, that is bizarre. Oh, like, you mate, didn't even it's care, been, you don't it's need been it. It's been so good. And like, they, they have Wi-Fi, they got the amenities here to do that. I have not hooked my phone up for that Wi-Fi. I'm just out, just I'm here, I'm in it. Hey, when am I going back to California? I don't know, I haven't booked a ticket. I could be here till Sunday morning. Just like Wes's first trip. He stayed four or five extra well, days. Well, he's been here 24 years. <laughs> yes, I don't know if he ever left, <laughs> if he ever left. Yeah, so your show, I feel like, is based all about that, the good vibes. The, the cool coreness that's so hard to explain, but we all know it and you try to get it out there. That's why I'm so pumped you're here. Cause I feel like that's what this event is. I'm very lucky that I just get to do what I like. Yeah. So like this for me, mate, I would be, I would be in the dirt camping all of these days. Like to me being at a dirt bike track, hanging around dirt bike people. Cause I think like the, I guess the, the show side of it is like, we all like the same thing. So whether you're like Jason Anderson and you've won a Supercross title or like you're me and you can't really ride that good, it's like we like the same thing, we do yeah. the same stuff and it's like there's a there's so much that translates then outside of motocross, you know, it's the kind of like, like that, do we just become best friends? So it's like <laughs> that's the vibe, like that's what I enjoy about dirt bikes, I feel like I can find real like common ground with people, it's like if you like this thing then you're probably like a pretty good dude. Like you've had some injuries, you've like worked a lot for stuff. Probably like, on your second wife. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, we've probably got a lot of cool stuff here yeah. in common, you know? Maybe that's me. <laughs> but yeah, well. It'd be me. It, but, but it is the thing about motocross, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. If you try oh. to put it on paper, it makes no sense. tell no everybody sense. where you're going. I'm gonna go to this place, can't talk to you. I've spent a, a chunk of my no, time and this. money and just. Anything. Any I broke track. my famous six months ago. And I'm yeah. back. I barely made it The amount of time in. it takes to work on the bike, to pack the gear, to drive yeah. to the track. Yeah. When you think about that, in America, every town has five baseball fields. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but I'm sure it's the same thing with rugby or whatnot. How yeah. easy yeah. it is to do those sports. Yeah. You compare it to this, it doesn't really make any sense but, until you do it. And then it, you can't explain it, but it makes sense. Oh, and it's just one of those things where it's like, I really do think that it does get in your blood, you know? And then yeah. even coming to an event like this, it's like, it's greater than the sum of its parts. Exactly. You know, you couldn't, you can't, there's a juice in there. There's like a magic yep. in there. You can't explain it to someone. You just got to be here. You just yep. got to do it. And you're right. Like, well, my wife has no idea about motorcycle. Like literally didn't even know it was a sport. Didn't know it existed. How often do you ride? Like, I don't even ride. Twice and a week, I still baby. love it. I don't, but I, I haven't, you. I haven't I rode a big bike in, I don't know how long. And no, it still means the same thing to me as yeah, it does you, which is yeah, crazy to me. That is actually a really good point. Whether I'm riding, like, I'm currently in, like, full riding mode twice a week, pounding out motos. But whether you do that, like, when I started the podcast, I hadn't rode in, like, eight years. I was, wow. Yeah, I was living yeah. over here. I didn't have health insurance. It was, like, kind of one of those things. I was like, all right, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I still love the sport the, the exact same amount. And I think 
that's probably with, you know, like the media side. That, I think that's what I'm passionate about. Like if you look at sports like the NFL, baseball, like you can be a fan 365 days a year. And I think that's something that I've always been passionate about with like the, the media side of this business. Before I did the podcast, I was filming with these guys. I'm just like, man, we should just be like living this, you know, like let's talk about it. Let's like get, let's get into it. And I think a lot of other sports, they really kind of have that. And I think like where sort of our sport is kind of getting to that stage now where it's like, you're just the life of like 365 days of the year. You can be like into this and it's like given to you in that you don't have to ride. Can you appreciate like when we're talking to Joe or when we talk to Jet or how hard it is to come here, qualify oh, for one yeah. of these things and qualify the regional, the investment and the pressure and Joe had no idea, well, yeah, whatever. And then Ken Roxon probably knew it was a big deal, but like, it's so weird. It's cool how it translates to and like you, you couldn't fake something like this and you couldn't like, you couldn't replicate it. Like there's, there's only a few things. It's almost like the Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. Like you could play, you could, like you could take two teams and you could play one big game that's yeah, like yeah. pretty important, yeah. but is it the Super Bowl? It's Super Bowl? And it's, again, it's like greater than the sum of its parts, you know? Like you, yeah, these kids have all met a few times this year already. Yeah, yeah, but that, this, this is, is the, the one. Deal. This, this is the deal. This is the one. Yeah. And there's something there that I think it's, it's really, really hard to replicate. It's really hard to replace. And I think it's important to, to do. I mean, there's kids from Australia that are racing here right now, you know, and it's like, there's a path if you want to. And I, I think that the way that it's structured, the format of the races, like you can't, like you can, you can't fake a Loretta Lynn's championship, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that's something where it's like, that's why it's become this ultimate proving ground because it's like, there's no way that you can fake your entire way through this process and end yeah. up as a champ. And it's like, when you, if you want to know whether it's teams looking at you for a ride or whether it's you yourself knowing that I'm good enough to give this a go and actually be my career, it's like this is a place that sorts the men from the boys. Yeah, and the, the, I, I hear a lot people say like, but why would you put this much emphasis on one race? Like, wouldn't it be better to have like 20 races or 12 races or 10? But the point that everyone knows you have to perform this one time, yeah. to me that is the point because yeah. How many stories are you hearing? You hear about like, this dude is so fast on Wednesday, but when the lights are on, it goes away. Or another guy gets better. That's, that's what makes it hard. Struggle is what made you. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. sitting in that staging area for an hour to yeah. think about your moto dude, for sweating, sure. that is the ultimate test yeah. to see if you've got what it takes. And, and also, whether you're a kid, like if I ever tried to qualify for Loretta's, it would be about qualifying for Loretta's. Yeah. The same thing that you're talking about. That, you, that dude's getting the same high. You copy getting, and paste the dude that's going to win and like he wants a factory I just ride. Get or you get a guy that's like, I just want to get a bib. I want to yeah. prove it to myself that yeah. I can work hard. And that, that's... That pressure. And, and But yeah. that's what makes life skills. And to go back to that point of like, I like these people. Like these are my people. Like I like to... <laughs> I like to come to this race or go to Washougal or go ride at a, a shred tour about like, yeah. these are my people. And I think that whether you're the dude that's going to win tomorrow or whether you're the dude that's going to get last because it's going to happen to someone, you're a bad dude for making it here. And those skills that got you here and the grit and the determination and the injuries you went through and the financial pressures that, you're, that you went through to get here, like that's going to be a thing yes. that makes you into this dope person down the track. And the other thing that I think is so underrated about motocross as a sport is the fact that 
35 years old and I, I do my holidays with my parents because we go do dirt bike things. And I oh. think that there's such like a family values here, whether it's like if your kid doesn't make it in this game and he doesn't go on to get a ride, if you're still friends with your kid at 35 and you're like, dude, you're winning life. And there's a lot of that stuff yeah. that gets built on a, on a place like this. That's what the parents always tell me. They, it's windshield time. You get that much time on the road hanging out with your kids when if you did something else, they would be long gone at the mall hanging out with their buddies. Um, the last thing I was going to say to you is you've got mostly moto on your show, yep. but you do dabble in other things. What I've found when I cover other sports is, especially racing, even if motocross is the number one, the respect level for motocross. Oh, yeah. No one is ever like, oh, that's what you do? That's lame. That's what you cover? That's lame. Do you get that same? It, it's pretty cool. Like, I didn't realize the effect that Supercross and motocross had on other guys. And it's like to excuse the name dropping, but it's like you get guys like Daniel Ricciardo, yeah, Casey Stoner. Yeah. You get like every dude in the top 10 in the downhill mountain biking right. world championship, NASCAR, like everyone looks at these dudes and I had no idea. Exactly. Like I had no, yeah. until I started doing the podcast and you start seeing the people following the account and wearing the merch and doing, the, and you're just like, these guys are legitimate fans. And why? Because of respect. They look yep. at these guys and I mean, we all look at like MotoGP and Formula One and we're like, this is insane. All yeah. those guys are looking at these guys. Yeah, going, and they're they bigger are the stars. They're bigger stars. A hundred percent. But the respect level is yeah. higher for this. It's yeah. crazy. And yeah. I think that we've got a very cool thing and this is probably like what I consider my job in the sport is like, okay, I need to connect these dots. I need to show this. Let's get some social kind of proof going here to where it's like, I, that's the story I want to tell is it's like, yeah. hey, it's your favorite driver's favorite rider kind of deal. And, you know, and I think that if I think of my, what I would like to do is like, I'd like to kind of be a part of that process of like spreading that message that like, hey, these are the bad dudes that all these bad dudes look at. Yeah, when I hear downhill mountain bike guys talk about our sport, those are so gnarly to me. And, and they're, they're like, they're you guys frothing. are nuts. They're frothing, yeah. bro. Like yeah. all they want to do is like bench race mode. Like, so DR texts me after the press conference at Washougal. Like who would think that those guys on a race <laughs> weekend are like watching the press conference here? And it's like that, I'm like, that is super cool. Yeah, yeah, the respect level is high from other great athletes who are yeah. arguably bigger stars that says pretty much everything. Struggles what made us. Motocross yeah. is hard. Yeah. That's and the point. And you know, like you'd see, it's so cool to hear the, the evolution of this, you know, through day, man. It's just like, we're just getting started. You know, like we've got, and you see like the new scoring tower that's here. Like this is a city, like make no mistake about it. Yeah. We're living in a city for a week. That's yeah. just like, it's a temporary, there's like rubbish man going and there's like, we busted a link yesterday at our, at our trailer and we had like the fix it dudes coming. Like this is a <laughs> machine, like this, this is like, this, we're in a real place right now, you know? So this is, uh, yeah, this is a super cool deal. Oh, awesome, glad you had to experience that. You got a call? It's Jeff Leesk. Oh, well, that's <laughs> the flying freckle. I mean, that's my God. to go all the way down to Australia on this kind of phone, right, imagine right. what the price per minute. What does this cost? I'll this cover it, boys. Is, I'll cover it. We're good. Okay. We're good. Oh, chat away. We're going collect. We're going we're gonna to shut it down, man. Thanks, Chase, Thanks for so being on this. And we'll see you guys. I think we're going to do this again tomorrow if we got the budget. Uh, we're not burned out yet. No. We'll keep it going. No. Thanks, boys. Chase McAlpine, good to see you. Legends. In person. Oh, yeah. missed it. Missed it. That was it. All right, that's Radio Fox. Thank
that's what he's talking about. Oh, that's how yeah. I was kind of hoping. Give us some direction. Yep. That's great.